0: Hi, and welcome to the Just Riding Along show.
1: Hello and welcome to episode SB130. Very rarely we are restarting a show, so all the jokes that I made about Chris Heath at Yeti, because I introed the show as SB130 because this is episode 130, all that got lost because we were fighting with windows, which is a thing that we struggle with here you would think after 10 years of doing podcasts, uh, we would be better at this but uh,
0: <laughs> it just it just keeps on changing
1: well like that's the thing that yeah so with that said we're gonna jump right this is into
0: episode 130 take two
1: take yeah 130.2 oh it's the 130 lunch ride because it's bigger <laughs> oh, um, God. so with that we're gonna we're gonna get going uh with new shit we probably hate
0: we're gonna do a little bike industry news first. I think that the biggest bike industry news right now is that the Santa Cruz CEO, Joe... I'm just going to go with Granny. Granny or Granny, I don't know. Is, Joe G. Is stepping down as CEO. He's been the Santa Cruz CEO for 23 years and has been the COO, Chief Operating Officer of the PON Bike Performance Group for the past five years. So... Uh, he says that he wants to spend more time with his family.
1: Yeah, I mean, you could look at this and be like, oh, Pawn's evil, and uh, they're kicking out Joe. The other thing you could say is, dude's worked in the bike industry, or he's been with Santa Cruz for 23 years, and uh, he's been a CEO for eight years, so he's probably not broke, and he's fucking retiring.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm guessing he'll probably, uh, well... They say that he's going to assist with the transition for several months and will remain with Pon in an advisory role. Yeah. So it sounds like he's got enough money to uh, coast on that for a hot minute, and he's going to advise
1: between sipping mai tais on the beach and Baja.
0: Yeah, I mean he's he's a uh, congratulations, Joe. I hope I hope it's a good move. Sounds like it is. Uh, so next we have a recall. Uh, I don't think this would affect any of our listeners, but just in case it does, Pacific Cycles is recalling two different e-bike models because of a fire hazard. They have some wiring that was improperly assembled, and they've had three reports of batteries catching on fire. So it's two different, they're kind of cruiser bike models. It's the Cabrillo and Minaret e-bikes. Um, they were sold at Bass Pro Shops and Cabela's. You can go to pacific-cycle.com and enter your serial number, and they will tell you if your model is affected by the recall. You can return them to where you bought them, to a Bass Pro Shop or Cabela's, and get a refund.
2: I wonder if it'll be like a Shimano recall, where they say, hey, <laughs> is your bike on fire? No, it's not on fire. It's probably fine.
0: Well, your battery they'll just put their hand on your battery mm. and say, it feels okay. Yeah, I mean, it's that's what they taught warm. us
2: in school when, yeah. you know, you think your house is on fire and you should like, yeah, put, touch your touch Put door your knob. hand on the
0: door. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. There you go. And do we want to talk about this sad news or not?
1: REI to lay off. 357 employees at HQ.
0: Yep. Retail employees will not be affected. It's all... Uh, office... They won't
1: be affected in this round of layoffs. Yeah. They were affected previously. Yeah. Um, but I want to read the quote here from Bicycle Retailer. REI is laying off 350 employees as the corporation braces for a challenging year. Everyone has headwinds. Last three years, on a rocket ship. Now we're headwinds.
0: Yeah. So we don't have to go too deep into that one. That one's just kind of sad and just what's happening right now.
1: Oh, there was one other thing in there. It doesn't matter because I have it memorized. The... Industry has become highly competitive and very, or has become deeply competitive and highly promotional, I think is what they worded it as. So yeah, deep discounting in the industry. We're all seeing it. We're all feeling it.
0: All right. I'm going to go to something that I think is kind of cool. So there's a a place in Moab now called Field Station. Sounds like they also have a location at Joshua Tree. They have, um, in Moab at least, they have hotel rooms, And they have, like, a van parking area. It's really cool. It's geared towards people who are there to do outdoor stuff. Basically, the lobby is, like, a big kind of last-minute gear shop.
1: That's so smart. It is. It's really smart. Put it on
0: my tab. Man, like, that's... This is, like, such a good idea. And it looks so, like, clean and simple. Like, it's, it's pretty bougie. But it's also just, you know, like you're going on vacation in Moab, like it's kind of all there. They have like a little cafe. They've got they have a rental counter for bikes.
1: Yeah, I mean it's just uh it's just pretty cool. Um, yeah it's, do you it's find a any great pricing idea. yet? What's that? You find any pricing yet?
0: That's what I was going to their website. Like they they have um the van prices on here which were twenty eight twenty nine dollars per day year round, which I think is I don't know. I think that's pretty reasonable because the van people can use all of the amenities. They have power hookups, shower and pool access, Wi Fi, bike wash. Yeah. I mean, that's that's like on point. That is a good business idea right there.
1: Yeah. I mean, I could imagine paying $29 to be able to park the Forerunner in town, even if you slept in the car, just to be able to like shower after your ride and stuff.
0: Yeah. Charge your phone. Yeah, I think that's um that's really neat. And I was going to their, and like the the way their hotel rooms are set up, like they have, this article doesn't go into detail about what all they offer as hotel rooms, but, you know, this one that they talk about was a two queen beds and then two bunk beds. And they listed at six people max. We have a little dead air here. I can, oh, $72 a night is the starting rate for a uh, field station Moab.
1: Holy shit. Yeah, that's
0: for a king a king bedroom.
1: Oh, $72 is non-refundable. Oh, oh if you're AAA, you can get it for $81 a night. There you that's go. That's rad. I think I'll stay there the next time I go to Moab. And I'm not a queen room from $81 a night, too. Oh, double queen, sorry.
0: Yeah. Yeah, like, this is Double cool.
1: queen bunk is 135 or 150 regular rate. Uh 135 AAA rate. 120 non-refundable. That's really not that bad. Yeah
0: especially like if you like they say the double queen plus bunk room like here on their rates it says sleeps eight. In the article it said six people max but gosh if you had I mean that would be a small room for it's a it's a small room for eight people but it's a big room. So if you're like doing lots of outdoor stuff they have a huge lobby. The weather in Moab is generally pretty good to just sit around outside unless it's the middle of the summer so if you had eight people and you were splitting a 150 and fifty dollar room or or even
1: just four you know that's 60 bucks a person that's That's, not that bad
0: yeah it's it's really cool so yeah i think when we uh take a moab trip this spring we might have to uh park the forerunner there
1: with a room (laughs) the two of us are not sleeping inside of a forerunner (laughs) Oh, yeah, that's true. That'd be a fart chamber.
0: (laughs) All right. Going on to other new shit that we probably hate. This is the KS Suspension GTC gravel fork. It's got carbon legs. And I love this headline. KS Suspension GTC gravel fork bounces carbon legs on the cheap. Which, I don't know if, like, when I think of... Something made of carbon. I don't necessarily want it to be referred to as cheap.
1: Hold on. I want you to scroll to the bottom of this article. Uh, up a little bit. Nope, down just a tiny bit. A little bit more. Tyler Benedict has written 11,000 bike rumor articles, so <laughs> give him a little bit of slack.
0: Yeah. <laughs> uh, so this, the MSRP on this fork is $599. It is... A uh, little, it was like 1,385 grams, I think. Just for reference, a Fox taper cast. If you go with the performance model, which what I would assume is more similar in performance to...
1: <laughs> performance.
0: To uh, this than like the factory model. Uh, you're looking at $769 for the Fox one. And it does not have a weight on here. But the factory... I think the factory fox fork was like twelve hundred twenty six. Yeah, it was like twelve twenty-three or twelve twenty six or something. So And
1: to cha ching pay our wolf tooth tax, uh a lithic carbon fork is five hundred and fifty or five fifteen. So you know, you're paying a nearly two pound weight penalty for that thirty millimeters of travel from the
0: forty or fifty. Oh, sorry. Well the, the KS one is forty millimeters, the uh, fox one is forty or fifty.
1: Okay. So that's a that's a lot of grams for a little travel. Yeah. What else are we going to talk about?
0: We want to go to the Brooks Saddle?
1: I don't I don't think that that's I in know our you
0: guys don't care about Brooks saddles. Not at all. But I've always thought that they were cool and ever since I tried one and it just was a little too narrow for me. I was a little disappointed in that. But I've always been Brooks curious. So the B68 which is the wider model that I would probably be more likely to enjoy is is back. So it's reintroduced. I'm going to be honest, be.
2: I didn't know it was gone.
0: Yeah, I didn't either. And to be even more I...
2: honest, I didn't know it existed.
0: 10-year <laughs> <laughs> guarantee. Yeah, 10 year. That's pretty uh pretty good. I'm just kind of like looking through here to see if there's anything Interesting. Oh, it's five hundred
1: and fifty-three grand. Yeah, they're
0: heavy-ass saddles. They're super heavy, and they're one hundred and seventy dollars. And I would still, I would still like to try one out at some point.
1: So, Brooks, if you're listening, PO Box eighty-two, <laughs> Howard, Colorado. <laughs> Howard, Colorado. Uh, what else did you find?
0: Uh, I haven't actually read the rest of these articles, but the Nordest Britengo Mark three. Is a steel downcountry hardtail.
1: Did you see how much travel it has?
0: No, I did not.
1: If it's the one I'm thinking about.
0: Designed around one hundred and forty millimeter forks.
1: Yeah, that's not downcountry. That's just a trail hardtail.
0: Well, I mean that doesn't mean you can't put a like one sixty on there and just you know, rock it. What? <laughs> and it is UDH. Well that's cool. Oh, no, it doesn't look like it's single speedable though. It's not. You have to make every steel hardtail you don't. single speedable. You do. It's just the rules. But there's another steel option for your hardtail if you're into that kind of thing. Looks like a nice bike.
1: Kenny, is there anything new that you hate?
2: No, I just see a lot of industry news in general about everybody scared of 2024, which, you know, is a real thing. Is 2024 going to be more difficult than, well... Maybe difficult, it's not the right word. Is it going to be less profitable for the average bike industry person compared to 21 or 22? Yeah, probably, but all knew that. So, yeah, but seeing a lot of stuff, a lot of people getting scared, a lot of people laying folks off. So, for what it's worth in my world, everything's pretty business as usual. That's it. All right.
0: I'm looking at the new E13 wheels. They have a whole new lineup for 2024. I'm trying to find weights on these, but they do have four different wheels. A trail, all-mountain, enduro, and downhill. And...
1: Well, technically six different wheels.
0: Well, the all-mountain version and the enduro version are available in an E spec, which is a little heavier, a little deeper. And More they have... spokes in the rear. What's that?
1: More spokes in the rear.
0: Yeah. Uh, the lightest one is the Trail. I haven't found a weight yet, but it is 28-hole front and rear. Four-paw hub with three degrees of engagement. Oh, I see. For the e-spec ones, the rim is a little bit burlier, and the rear wheel is 32-hole. And they are a three-paw six-degree engagement wheel.
1: And I'm thinking, oh, and the axle is yeah, steel. and the
0: axle is steel on the two e-spec ones. All right. I'm going to scroll down and see if I can find weights.
1: Alloy rim is 166 more impact resistant than the outgoing rim. (laughs) Cool.
0: They have rim weights, but I want to see a full. There we go. The carbon trail wheel, wheel, which is a 28 millimeter internal, is 1,632 grams for the set, which I think for a trail wheel is pretty appropriate.
1: How much do they cost? I'm getting there. A lot of dead air on this one, huh?
0: Yeah, it, it, it's out. Uh the wheel set the Optimus Race Carbon wheel sets are fifteen hundred and eighty dollars. So that's I think that's pretty on point. How much are they? Fifteen hundred and eighty dollars. Kenny, do you have much experience with E thirteen wheels at your shop?
2: Yeah, all really negative. <laughs> <laughs> the
1: world's saddest free hubs.
2: Yeah, just the hubs and yeah. I mean, I don't wish ill on any company. I'm always glad that there's, like, more products out there, but I've basically never had a positive experience with an E13 product. Maybe, like, a chain retention device of some kind was okay at some point, but all their wheels are hot garbage.
0: <laughs> all right. That's all of the new shit that I've got pulled up. Matt, are you? do you want to talk about those road pedals? Or are you looking at those?
1: I can't find enough details to have an opinion about them yet. So,
0: all right. Do you want to look and just have some dead
1: air? There's not enough details. I <laughs> looked for the details earlier today because I saw the Ekoi road pedals with a huge platform. And I was like, that's neat. I want to read more. And you can't. So I didn't bother to They're
0: trying. just spotted, they're not yep. a, actually, they're just vaporware at this point. Yep. Oh, you want to talk about that super wide handlebar? Tumbleweeds, Big Dipper?
1: Uh,. No, I don't. (laughs) Because it's an 810 millimeter wide drop bar. And uh, no, I don't have anything. (laughs) I I don't even know where to start being angry about that. (laughs) Just buy a fucking mountain bike bar.
0: Yeah. Yeah, at that point. I mean, you would have to have... This goes back to what we've said about anything when you make kind of a weird component. Like you almost need a bike that is built for that thing. Like with a bar that wide, your reach, you're going to have to have a super short reach on your bike just because it's it's just geometry. Like, I mean, like the type of geometry you learned in, you know, ninth grade or tenth grade or something. You're moving Wait a your minute. contact Wait points. A Wait. What?
1: That might be a typo. Maybe. It says they come in 51, 54, and 57. Yeah, I don't know where the 810 came from. They're, they're,
0: 5'10". Alright. Just had a little slip of the finger there. But even at 510 millimeters wide, like you anyone out there who I know that's like the hot thing and lots of people are saying, oh I'm so much more comfortable on this wider handlebar. You do, just consider if you are moving to a very wide bar on your gravel bike that you might need to go with a shorter stem. You probably should. These do look like they have some back sweep.
1: Well, they have a super short 50 millimeter reach.
0: Ah, there we go. So they're doing some stuff to compensate, but yeah.
1: They're compensating all right. (laughs) I just, for for the record, on my stigmata, I'm running 40 millimeter or 40 centimeter bars. It's fine. (laughs) It's fine.
0: All right. Well, we want to uh, jump into some listener questions. Sure. We got a few. So we have from Matty D, who just joined our Patreon. Thank you, Matty. 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 He says, hello, considering entering the world of bikepacking, I've been looking at buying the gear. What are the brands that you like for bike bags, tents, etc.? Far as I can tell, I think I can get all the basics to get started for an overnight or two around a $1,000. The Revelate stuff looks nice, but maybe there's better things out there for the money. Any advice would be great. I appreciate you all. Since this is my second question, you answered my other on the podcast. It's about time I start donating, so I joined your Patreon. Thanks and keep it up. Thank you.
1: Well, can I go first? Yeah, sure. Person in the room with the second least bikepacking experience. (laughs) Don't overlook Oveja Negra. They're really cool. They're made here in Salida. They, they make fun colors and stuff. When it comes to bags, I mean, a, a lot of it's going to be what fits your bike. You know, does someone make something that fits your bike? And then it also comes down to how do you want to carry your gear, you know?
0: Uh, it depends on, yeah, like, your bike, you didn't say what your bike is, and that that will dictate some of this.
1: And also know, like, the really big rear seat packs, those can be kind of frustrating at times because you can feel the tail wag when you're out of the saddle, when you're riding in a saddle, your hip is controlling the top of the seat. So a big saddle bag can't sway around, but when you're out of the saddle, then it can. Um, so, you know, you're gonna have to figure out what holds all your stuff, where you like it, where it'll fit, and and where you can like the way the bike still rides with it. Another thing to consider is, especially if you're just getting into it, don't don't be afraid to maybe pick up some used stuff or even, you know, borrow something from a buddy here or there just to kind of start figuring things out but with that said uh, i do have your email and we recently did a huge cleanup so i will send you a picture of every cast off bag we have and including a one-person tent yeah and uh there's nothing wrong with this tent i've slept in it a number of nights andrea has as well um she just wanted something bigger slash lighter at the same time, that but it all like her new tent has less features, so yeah.
0: I'll, I'll tell you about. my my current favorite. I did a lot of shopping. I well, when I first started bike packing, I used the Nemo Hornet one person tent, and I've used it a good bit, um, and it's held up really well. And it is the lightest, as far as I know, that is the lightest one person option you have. If you're a large person. You probably won't fit in it. What I ended up getting last year is a two-person shelter from Six Moon Designs, and it is uh, a backpacking tarp. Uh, you do need hiking poles, but they also sell like extra poles. You can use like a you know a fold-up pole you could use if you were bikepacking and not carrying hiking poles. It weighs basically the same as the Nemo tent, but it is huge. It's gigantic. Like it's got room for you. You wouldn't put your bike in there, but you could put all of your gear in there. Like if it was raining, whatever, like it's, it's a gigantic piece of equipment and it packs up basically the same size. It's a tiny bit bigger than the Nemo packed up, but it's, if you want, you know, room, if you're a larger person, that's what I would go to.
1: It's obvious you don't have a job, in
0: yeah, I don't. But uh, yeah, look around at kind of the smaller manufacturers, and that bike pack or the backpacking tarp that I'm talking about is three hundred and ten dollars. So it's you know the the ultra light stuff gets real expensive real quick. So yeah, I mean your budget is really good, but like Matt said, uh, don't be afraid to look at some used stuff. Uh, if you're riding a full suspension bike which is, you know, totally appropriate in some situations. You might end up having to go, if you want a frame bag, going with a custom frame bag. Oveja Negra does not do custom bags because they just sell so many regular bags, and they're really good. But there are some really good small custom builders out there. Uh, Packs is really good. Uh, what was the one in Durango? It's like Sunrise, but it's not... No, Nuclear Sunrise is a guy in Arizona. Those bags are good. Uh, Really, all of the small bag builders that have, you know, like some experience and reputation, like all of those are going to be pretty good. There are some companies that make bags that fit like a a tail bag.
1: Bedrock bags.
0: Ah, yeah, bedrock bags. Those are great. There are companies that do, uh, if you're riding a full suspension, that have seat packs that have some extra clamping to them that hold the bag up higher off of your rear tire so you get less buzz when your suspension compresses. So yeah, I mean, you just really have to play around with stuff. You're going to find stuff like strapping stuff to my bike and having it move around some as long as it doesn't like buzz the tires, which is hard if you're a smaller person. As long as it doesn't buzz the tires, it doesn't really bother me. So I don't mind like a front roll. I don't mind a seat pack you know, I don't mind all that stuff, but Matt hates it. So, you know, you might find some stuff that you hate. You might find some stuff that you just tolerate. You might find some stuff that you don't even notice is on your bike, but it's really just, you know, getting a few bags and packing your shit in there and just going out and riding. You know, go out and ride it before you really plan a trip or plan like a quick overnight. You know, ride some, leave in the afternoon, camp someplace, ride back in the morning, like that kind of thing. Uh, Little shakedown rides like that can help you learn a lot. But yeah, Revelate is nice too. You know, like you, you mentioned, you know, they make great bags. I really haven't used a bike packing bag that I was like, this thing is a piece of shit. And I think the Revelate bags, they're like the... Gosh, what's the name of that thing that goes between your bar and your stem and your fork? It's like the barrel shaped thing you can put a Nalgene in, you can put snacks in, whatever. Those, the Revelate ones, are my favorites.
1: The internet has definitely gotten worse.
0: <laughs> are you having a hard time with the internet? Like, See, I just I told can't. you.
1: I told you. You just can't find anything anymore. The mountain feedback. Yeah, the
0: mountain feedback is really good. Uh, they make some also with like a magnetic closure, like top tube bags. Uh, that can be really handy, though. I've never, as long as your top two bag is stiff enough, uh, pulling a zipper open and shut with one hand is not a big deal. But yeah,
1: yeah, I think in the top two bag, J is winning with his foot long.
0: Yeah, J makes some really cool, unique stuff. Like the, the availability on his stuff has always been a little in and out, but you know he makes um he makes some great stuff.
1: Let's see, is the foot long in stock? Yeah, I. I I guess the he has one that's 15 inches long now. Let's see. You want Velcro and you want it in black. Oh, Add to it. cart. So, listeners, if you're out there, go to jpacks.com/shop. And he has a couple of bags in stock in different sizes and colors, so uh go buy them all. <laughs> <laughs> because you should do that. You should spend your money. With reckless abandon, (laughs) because uh, we told you to, because that's a yeah capitalism.
0: I'd, I'd say you know borrow and buy used as much as you can when you're first starting out, because you've got a good budget, and you know you might use one thing that you know you I don't know bought from a friend or bought that's a little bit hammered or whatever, and think. Yeah, I like this and I wanna get a nice version of it. And then you go and you buy a new one that's you know, that's gonna use up your budget more so than that, that hammered one you bought off eBay.
1: For the record our stuff's not hammered.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's it's actually in really good shape. But all right. Well, that is that question. I'm gonna go over to Slack. We've got from Phil. Phil my wang says I marred the shit out of the Yeti Islet spacer, taking it out and trying to transfer it onto a different shock. I used the rock shock's DU bushing tool to push it out, but the circumference was smaller than the full width of the spacer, so it dug into the alloy. Is there a better tool, technique, or option so I don't do this again? Oh, he didn't get to send a photo. Matt, Matt asked him to send a photo, so...
1: Also, I don't know if that... I don't want to say they're disposable parts, but... Sometimes they do just get kind of fuckered. Yeah. Wait, the du the du bushing, like the no, true no I bushing? think it's like
2: something else that goes in there. I don't think he's just talking about the du bushing.
1: Because those aren't reusable.
2: If you messed up your du bushing, then just press in a new du bushing. If you messed up your shock, then you got to buy another shock. It but sounds if you messed like up was... the Yeti piece, it sounds yeah. like it's that Yeti piece. Maybe is is it something like that Rocky mountain thing where it's like an extra piece of aluminum with some bearings in it. And that's pressed into the shock and you I can't think remove so. it from the shock unless you have a $200 tool.
0: No, I think with Yeti, it's just a piece of plastic. That's kind of like the length that needs to be to fit in the bike.
2: Hmm. Yeah, I'm not fully, I think a picture would be helpful. No yeah. reply.
0: We might have to, uh, we might have to revisit that one. We've got Jamie who is chasing creeks, like C-R-E-A-K creeks, not water creeks. He says, my side-lux is making a click or ticking... No, Sid. Sid-lux. Sid-elux. <laughs> it looks like side-lux, okay? I
1: mean, he mistyped it, but it's Sid-lux. My
0: Sid-lux is making a click or ticking sound. My
1: side-lux is not...
0: <laughs> <laughs> I put in a different shock and the noise is gone. Any ideas what might make the shock make that sound? Without reading the replies, I would say... Try putting the previous fork back in, and uh, it's a, a, shock, yeah, it's a rear shock. shock try Jesus putting,
2: Christ! Yeah, shock, shocks go in the back, forks go. In I'm the having a I'm having a hard it's time. It's the rear boinger. The <laughs> yeah. rear,
0: try putting. Try the rear putting boinger the, uh, go click. Try putting the uh, original one back in. No click. And see if it makes a click.
1: No click. You didn't read the fucking replies.
0: I didn't read the replies. Jesus
1: Christ. So I'll, Shut it down. I'll
2: I'll go without reading any of this whatsoever, but just from my experience,
1: Sid Luxes are noisy little bastards. You there? Yeah, I'm just I'm actually reading through the replies, mm. and he's using the same hardware on both shocks.
0: So yeah, I would say put the put the Sid shock back in and see if it's fixed after you just fucked around with the hardware, and if it is. Then it was just your hardware. Like you had. We've, I don't know, we've like had it, a
2: couple of noisy Sid Luxes and don't have a great explanation.
0: If it, if you put the Sid back in, and it still clicks, then I would contact SRAM through your local bike shop and see what they have to say.
1: I want you to call Rider Care and yell at them. <laughs> <laughs> don't do that.
0: Yeah, we'll just we'll give you the the Rider Care like the direct number. They and have
1: a customer facing. Oh, I At thought least you had- email.
0: Oh, I thought you had to go through the shock.
1: I want you to yell at them on Instagram DM.
0: <laughs> we'll give you Troy's personal phone number. <laughs>
1: just DM in and ask for Alex <laughs> and tell him that your shit's all fucky and you want a new one. I'm just kidding. Don't bother Alex. He's a nice guy.
0: Yeah, I, my first move would be to put the Sid back in and make sure that it wasn't just a bolt that was, I don't know, like... A little, just funky and kind of sticking weird, and if it still makes noise, I would go for, uh, I would go for contacting SRAM. Kenny, what's their usual fix if you have a noisy SID?
2: Ugh, I think we've maybe gotten a couple of them warranted. I'm not super down in the trenches on the day-to-day stuff like that anymore. I just kind of overhear stuff, so. Yeah, I don't have a great answer. I want to say that we just did a, a wiper service on one and it was happy. So it might have just been a, could have been a dry wiper seal situation, like lack of air can lubrication. That might have also been during that period when they sold a bunch of Sidluxes, but then they didn't make any Sidlux seals. You couldn't rebuild them for two years. Yeah, that was cool. That was cool. That was a neat time. We sold a lot of epics and people were like, yo, I want to rebuild my rear shock. And I'm like, yo, uh, no. I can put some fresh sauce in it. Like. <laughs> uh, I can unscrew the air can thing and screw
1: it back on again if that helps.
0: Put a little sauce in there and see if lubing it up makes it feel better.
1: Yep. You, would you put the sauce on the pole or the hole in that situation? In the hole. I do
0: both. Both. Always both.
1: Did Did you really just hear what you said? Yeah. Okay. That was on purpose. <laughs> All right. you got Uh, any more questions
0: that's all the questions Uh, we did have uh, Phil posted a video of mountain bikers confronting dirt bikers on an illegal trail that the mountain bikers built that was adjacent to or I guess like went off of a trail that was dirt bike legal so when the dirt bikes like turned off of the dirt bike trail onto the illegal trail that mountain bikers had built the mountain bikers got pissed off about it
1: Oh God! No, no! This pirate trail is only for me. <laughs> I'm the only one that can break the law right here. Go <laughs> fuck yourself! Oh, yeah, yeah.
2: By the way, it's like really easy. Uh, having done a lot of moto now, it's extremely easy to be on a very much moto trail, and then you like take a couple turns, and then I have the spidey sense because I've been down a lot of mountain bike trails. Like, huh? This uh <laughs> this doesn't seem this like doesn't a moto trail I've- anymore.
0: It doesn't look like motorcycles yeah, have but been here.
2: Yeah, there's no... Yeah. So, by the way, the, um, the way that works, if there's not a trail sign, too bad, so sad. Hate to break it to you.
0: Yeah. Yeah,
1: I mean, also, like... And if you are
2: convinced that this trail really is a bike-only trail, and you see some motos on it, maybe, you know, start by not being a dick and being yeah. like, hey, guys, I uh, may have... Pretty sure this might be mountain bike only, just heads up. <laughs> like it's amazing what not being a dick will get you.
0: Yeah, and you can always, you know, whatever the land management agency is, if you are nice and you say, Hey guys, maybe you shouldn't, like Kenny said, be nice. Say, I don't I don't think this is a moto trail. And if they're dicks and they roost dirt in your face, just go to the land management agency. They will have a person. That is in charge of way too many things and is overworked, probably underpaid, but you can at least tell that person. And if they have enough reports of moto people being dicks on that trail, they're eventually going to have to do something about it. I'm going to say
2: another thing. Uh, If a dirt bike or two goes down your trail at some point, it's probably not going to matter. Yeah. So unless your trail is straight vertical, which... You know, might not be a super sustainable trail if it's that case. Unless it's straight vertical, a dirt bike's not going to be tearing it up. So just fucking relax.
0: Yeah, build a better illegal trail if you don't <laughs> want your trail to fall apart when dirt bikes ride Because we have like, here in around Salida, we have the Rainbow Trail, which... I mean, don't get it twisted.
1: That motherfucker's hammered.
0: Well, not in the section up by Salida that... You have a ton of mountain bike traffic on. You have a a ton of moto traffic on. And in the places where it was falling apart, the moto crew came in and rerouted those spots. Now it's not falling apart. You know, I mean, there is a lot of trail, like, once you get out of the Salida general area, it, it gets a lot more rowdy. But
2: So, also, very blanket statement here. Now that I've spent a decent amount of time in both worlds, mountain bike and moto, I can tell you that the vast majority of moto people are way less dickish than most mountain bikers. So you might not (laughs) want to hear that, but I'm just saying it.
0: Yeah. I, I don't know about in other places, but I know around here, our moto riders are some of the most courteous trail users that you will encounter on the trail.
2: There you go. It's been my experience too.
0: I mean, these guys will, like, pull over and shut their engines off, say hi to you, let you get by, all that stuff. I mean, they're, you know, like, if you encounter, like, head-to-head, you know, they're, they're always really nice. So, yeah, take that for what it's worth. Yep. We want to talk about what we've done this week? Sure. Who wants to go first? I'll go. I will. No. Yes, <laughs> fight over
2: it. <laughs> go for it. No, I insist. Okay, I'll go then. <laughs> I haven't really done a whole lot of anything. I tried to do one moto ride, but it's still pretty muddy out here. It's that really bummer time of the year where I really just can't do anything. It's kind of rainy. It's really not super cold. We haven't gotten a good snow in a while. I think maybe way high up in the mountains kind of resort area stuff. They've gotten a decent amount of snow, but I can't really even fat bike many places. There's just not much to do. So I'm kind of getting a little bit of cabin fever, even down South in St. George, it's been rainy there and like not even that warm this next weekend and probably a couple weekends. You're gonna be the same story. So yeah, super, super bummed, but I tried to do a ride. It was kind of muddy. Just destroy the motorcycle. That's not very fun to do. Spent a lot of time cleaning it back up. And what else I've been doing? I think, I think that's about it, uh, on not really a kind of a tangent, but just throwing it out there to the world in case someone might be interested. EXT is looking for employees. So if that is something up your alley, if you like suspension and you might want to get more involved in that, I don't have super details on exactly what position they're looking for, but I think generally speaking, if you are someone who is into uh, riding and or uh, riding as in mountain bikes and or moto and you want to learn and hopefully you have at least some type of background in suspension, then that might be a good fit. They are in helper Utah, which is near price Utah. If you want to look it up on a map. So it's kind of in the middle of nowhere, uh, but it could be really cool. There's definitely, that's a jumping off spot to go to Moab and uh, grand junction and just all that kind of stuff. And obviously salt Lake slash St. George. So it's pretty, pretty neat area. And if that's something you're interested in, then let me know, and I can put you in contact with the correct people.
0: Cool.
1: That's it. Now do I get to go? Sure. Yeah, I guess so. I rode my motorcycle. Uh.
0: <laughs> you bring your bike what's too. What's
1: the weather like out there, dude? It's been. It's been nice. It's been really nice. So. It's nice here, but it's just muddy right now. Still, like it just won't dry out. Well, it's both. Like there's snow in my yard but it's trying to melt and then overnight it tries to freeze again and then it tries to melt and then it tries to freeze again so it's it, it we're if, in that like
0: if you're on this side like our side of the Arkansas River stuff tends to be more snowy and muddy
1: yeah but, we're we're in the shade of the mountains like we're in yeah. a, a pretty narrow valley and we're we're on the shady side so so
2: what type of ride did you do and what were the how were the conditions
1: Uh, bone dry when I went and rode my moto drove down and did some normal trials riding with a solid group of folks Uh, didn't do anything anything too spectacular honestly I did try to push myself a little bit Um, since that crash back in August I just haven't had that
0: that dog in you
1: yeah that dog in me has been feeling kind of whipped but I don't know I, uh, I did some stuff and You didn't crash your moto,
2: it was a bike crash, right?
1: Yeah, but it's like, it just something changed. Like that, you know that little voice that's kind of like, ah, be careful. Like, it got a lot louder after that. So, but it was cool to get out on Saturday. I just did a bunch of adulting and fucked myself because I bought a used Stigmata from somewhere local here and the tires weren't the greatest on it. And I'm like, I should change these tires. And i didn't change them and i went out and rode last week and it was fine they're just specialized sawtooth tires with like the tiniest bit of dry rot on them and they roll they're like the gator skin of gravel tires they're just terrible tires and i was like i should change these tires and i'm like well i don't i couldn't find anything in town that was exactly what i wanted so i was gonna just throw on something i had and the goddamn tubeless tape was bad and uh As if i haven't said this before it's an hour round trip for me to go to town and get tubeless tape so i didn't go get tubeless tape because that was my window to ride my bike so instead i did a bunch of chores and then went and rode my motorcycle because i don't know i can ride my bike at lunch during the week i can't ride my motorcycle with a bunch of people during lunch during the week so uh, it was cool. Uh, the biggest thing is, uh, we're really fortunate. There's a place pretty nearest called Turkey rock. It's an outdoor trials motorcycle area. And there are some very clearly defined boundaries. Uh, there's two sets of boundaries. There's one that is considered a practice area. It's huge. And then there are some additional areas that are considered for competition use only by the, the land management group. And what's really cool is anything in bounds you can ride so there is no such thing as off-trail riding it is all a moto area and part of what I did on Sunday is I went out and scouted a couple of new sections there's some things I'd wanted to look at because I thought they'd be cool to ride and I don't have a ton of experience in this stuff but I do know how to ride a little bit not just motorcycle but you know in general and uh, I think there's some pretty cool stuff that we can do in the spring. Cut a few little limbs here and there. Do some raking of, like, pine needle fluff. And, and maybe open up some new stuff to ride in a, in a place. And I don't know. I just think that stuff's pretty cool because, I mean, it doesn't really matter what it is. But I think you need to be involved. There's going to be a youth trial here soon in the spring. And, like, I'm going to go down and score for that just because, like, I don't know, it's important. When I was a kid and raced BMX, it it took a village you know and I don't know I just I want to help I'm never going to be gnarly at trials I mean I'm I'm okay I'm not terrible but I'm never going to be a pro but doesn't mean I can't be involved and have fun and like I mean one of the kids he just turned like 13 or 14 and he's gone from like in the short time that I've been riding with him he's gone from you know this kid that was a little bit hesitant to ripping shit that scares my dick off. So, <laughs> yeah. And then that was on Sunday. And then on Tuesday, I uh, went out and uh, I get a, a long lunch once a week at my discretion. And I went out and ripped a pretty good hour. It's fun. Uh, I took out my crave because my stigmata is
0: flat. Flat, yeah.
1: <laughs> Bitch on flats. So, I uh, went out and ripped it. And,. It's good it's a cool bike and let's see I ordered some parts. My homie Andy gave me a good tire recommendation so I ordered some tires I ordered some tubeless tape ordered some sealant and then just some little random bits and bobs like I think we're out a cable housing and like I want to get a couple of pairs of ESI grips because
0: you're weird you like those foam grips
1: Don't be a bitch about it yeah I just I just wanted to you know get some stuff. And uh, I had to go to the the dark corners of the internet to get something that I wanted, which is where (laughs) I was going with this kind of thing. Why? 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 I had to... I'm trying to do the stigmata on a budget here, and I've had really, really nice gravel bikes in the past, and I don't know that I need something super gnarly, but I do want something pretty cool, and I couldn't find a 104... 40 tooth chainring because I want to run one of my mountain bike power meters on my stigmot long story short and don't don't question me but I'm pretty sure I can work it out to where I end up with a like essentially like a force wide chain line which would be totally so fine did,
2: were you able to find the chainring?
1: Uh, yeah uh, we're getting there Um, <laughs> but I probably I think I have one a 40 tooth narrow wide 104 yeah from who uh, I don't know <laughs> but i'm pretty sure i have one
0: like for real I'll
1: go, i can go look well if mine sucks i'll hit you up because i ordered one from amazon
2: yeah maybe mine is from amazon uh let's i was doing a weird it, e-bike project i won't i'm not going to talk about it why not because it, it didn't happen it was like years ago oh yeah
1: mine actually is the graphics on it are so bad i'm actually gonna have to run the chain ring
0: backwards. Just spray paint that bitch.
1: I'm not spray painting my chain ring. Look, I'm ghetto, but I'm not that ghetto, okay? Uh, let's see. I'm pulling it up on Amazon right now. Uh, T-Best bicycle chain ring. And oh, there's
0: no way that's going to fold I'm in half. I'm
2: looking. I can't find it. Maybe I didn't get it on Amazon. Maybe it's real and I got it from like Is that actually industry. narrow
0: wide?
1: Yeah, it's narrow wide. Uh, first thing I did is I pulled it out of the package to see if it would actually fit in a 12-speed chain, and it will. Oh, yeah. Um,
2: here we go. Here we go. Oh man, what is But I'm it? pretty
1: I'm pretty bummed because the graphics that I that were on the product I ordered and the graphics that I received like one is just pretty chintzy like you know, it says 42 ZFC-XD, you know, 104BCD 7075T6. The one I got is like fucking Troy Lee Supreme.
2: <laughs> well, I so. do I literally have a 40 40- 104 uh ring it's made by Y Becky
1: well <laughs> let's uh let's say you put that in the uh in the same bin as those tires and I'll just collect it and say yeah
2: exactly yeah maybe just just uh depending on what kind of rush you're in you could maybe save a few bucks cuz I will literally never use this thing and uh you could just send that thing back to Amazon
1: well it was $14.97 so. <laughs> I think I'm gonna give it a go okay. um I mean, worst case it doesn't work, and I'll order a proper like SRAM one in thirty eight but I don't know i I just don't want to run a thirty eight because I do like pedal downhill and ah, I think this one I'm... is
2: a this one's a round oval, oh boy, yeah,
1: if your concentricity is not consistent, you just call it a round oval. it's not a bug, it's a feature.
2: I'm pretty sure it's actually round in real life, but they call it round.
1: Hell yeah. My favorite is the, I'm going to send you a link to it. My favorite thing on Amazon bicycle purchases is when it's like that, uh, bearing puller we were talking about where they Mm -hmm. were using a bearing or a bearing press, but they were showing like (laughs) caged ball bearings, which you wouldn't use a bearing press for. Like, I love looking at the photos of the bikes they're showing here because the, one of the bikes is a multi-speed bike, so you couldn't run a narrow wide on it. And then the other bike is just a single speed, and you would have no need for a narrow wide. It's
0: also got five. The yeah, BCD like, is it's a, a, a five. It's,
1: it's, it's, it's a non-replaceable chain ring on a square taper crank. Check it's out the BMX graphics bike. on mine. Holy oh, shit. shit. Does it actually look like that, though? I can't remember. I think so. Yeah, my graphics came in much closer to this than I was hoping because I saw this one and I didn't buy it because I was like, "Man, that's pretty ugly," and it it looks <laughs> hey, like it hey. will fold up if it touches a rock.
0: It does look like it would fold in half.
2: Yeah, it's not uh, it's not stout. It was gonna be it was gonna be a street machine.
0: Yeah, if I fold up the chain ring
1: on my gravel bike, hitting it on something, I think that's the least of my concerns. Yeah, probably. So, uh, what have you been doing, Andrea?
0: Well. Today, I rode my bike.
1: Get the fuck out. I know.
0: I rode the single speed, the Spot Rocker. Still really love that bike.
1: How did your ghetto chain slap tool work?
0: It worked great. So, I run the Spot Rocker with a 30, three 0 front chainring and a 20 in the rear, which means the chain is very close to the chainstay because of the small front chain ring, and Going over bumps and stuff, it would slap it and make noise, and it chipped a little paint off. So today, I took some double stick tape. Well, hold on, what? Hold on,
1: I'm on break, and I walk out there, and I'm like, "What you doing?" And Andrea turns to me, and she's got like a razor blade and some tape in her hand, and she's trying to peel it apart. And she's like, "Is this is this double sided tape?"
0: It looked weird. It looked like,
1: and, and I was it like, "It was like, like thick." And I was like, "No, that's label maker tape." And she's like huh, no wonder I can't get this off.
0: (laughs) It looked weird. It looked like it could possibly be double-sided tape. But yeah, so I stuck double-sided tape on the bottom of the chainstay after I cleaned it, and I took some foam. uh, It's like the round stuff you would put cable housing through and then put it in your frame to keep the cable from rattling. I basically just split one of those open and stuck it onto the double-sided tape. And it was great. It worked perfectly. Uh, I don't know how long it would last. But, yeah, I mean, it, it stayed on and it was quiet. And, yeah, it was really good. Uh, so I rode my single speed. I don't know, it was like an hour and a half or something. It was a It was a nice ride. I felt pretty good. I'll probably have a sore ass tomorrow. Uh, but uh, also this week, I'm not going to go into s- full details because it's a little bit of a long story. Uh, you know how... Kenny, you have a friend with a boat, right?
2: I have a couple friends with boats, yeah.
0: Yeah, that's the best way to use a boat. So I've done the hunting equivalent of finding a friend with a boat. Uh, one day I was out mountain lion hunting, and there's this one spot where I can check for a track really easy to get to. It's, it's not hard to drive to. It's like a half-mile walk in and out. It's, it's real simple. Parked there and walked in, found a brand new mountain lion track. I'm like, oh, fuck yeah. But it was kind of close to some private property. That's the only downside to it. And it was headed kind of in that direction. But I figured I would follow it anyway. And I get a little ways down this track and I hear a hound behind me headed my way. I'm like, oh man, And like that kind of shit can happen because generally people hunting with hounds they drive the road they find a track they let the dog out on the track and so it's it's not you know it could be an honest mistake kind of thing where someone lets their dog loose on a track that I'm already on because I'm just out in the woods so this dog is it's coming for me it's coming down the track it's uh, howling and carrying on and you know it eventually catches up to me And I'm just kind of like, well, that kind of sucks, but it's headed towards private property anyway. So I'm just going to go ahead and walk out and get on with my day. And as I'm walking out, I'm getting close to the truck. I see boot prints and dog prints coming in on my track where I came in and started following this mountain lion track. And I'm like, someone came in and let the dog loose on a track that I was already hiking on. And there's a side by side parked next to my truck. And I'm like, God damn it. That was kind of shitty. But while I'm kind of milling around at the truck, getting ready to like hike off somewhere else, some guys pull up in a Jeep. And they, uh, you know, they stop to talk. And I'm like, Hey, are you with this person in the side by side? They're like, Yeah, that's our buddy. It's like, You let your dog loose on the track I was already on. I was like, Look, I'm not pissed off about it. But it was, it was kind of a low move. And, uh, they were like, oh my gosh, are you, oh no, like, no, we put the dog on the track on the road, like higher up. And, you know, he just walked in with another dog and, you know, we, we didn't know you were here hunting because we didn't see any, any dog tracks coming in with the human tracks. And I explained to them that I don't normally hunt with a dog. I don't mind it. I think it's, a great method of hunting, but I just, I don't don't have the stuff for it. And yeah, we talk it and it was just kind of a, yeah, it was just an honest mistake. It wasn't a big deal, but we end up talking and they're like, well, we still run the dogs until the end of the season because, you know, it's just good practice and training for them. And like, you want to come hunt with us? Like, come hunt with us. Like, fuck yeah, I want to hunt with you. So yeah, they have like all of the shit. They've got Like, five dogs. They've got two side-by-sides, a snowmobile, trucks, like, all of this shit. So, yeah, like, I found some hunting buddies. I went out with them two days later, and we didn't find anything.
1: The same person that gets mad at me. They're like, you go to Troy's to work on the rover, and it's like your phone goes into a vault. (laughs) She leaves the house at 515 and at 1230, I text her, you alive? She's like, yeah, sorry, I haven't checked in. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but, yeah, so we went out and looked. Uh, we couldn't find anything new enough to put the dogs on. But, yeah, like, they seem like nice guys. And, yeah, I am uh, found some friends to hunt with. So that's pretty cool. Probably a little safer than the way I've been doing it. But, I mean, that doesn't mean I'm not going to still get out in the woods and look for tracks by myself, but... Yeah, like I'll go out with these guys whenever they offer. So I'm pretty stoked about it. Patrons? Yeah. Let's go through some patrons.
1: I still want to do the most annoying thing where I read one, you read one.
0: No. Thanks to new patrons, Daniel and Maddie. Thank you for joining. So we've got at $10 a month, we have Zozo, Zach, Will, Tom, Todd, Ty, Tennessee Zach, T Baggin, Taper Boar Pro, Sam, Ryan, Richard Cheese, Ramo, Parker, P. Ennis, Noah, Nick, My Pal Dell, MTB Shenanigans, Lloyd Christmas, Leland, Kenny Sucks, Ken, Josh, Josh, Jeff, JC, Jake D, Haywood Jablomi, Green Giant, Gordon, Frank the Tank, F That Guy Mark, Ezra, Evan, Eric, Dan, Cam Irish One, Billy single speed, Bill, Bo, Barrel of Dicks, Baggins, Ass Pennies, Alec, AJ, Aaron, Esker cycles at eleven sixty nine. Out Sports and Josh from the Intesa at fourteen Australian. Dean at sixteen Australian, and at twenty dollars a month.
1: At sixteen fifty.
0: Sixteen fifty. Sorry, at twenty dollars a month, we've got Scott, Pooperinch, Joe, Brady, Anthony, Harley at thirty, Troy at thirty one, and Six Pack Outdoors at fifty. Thank you to all of our patrons.
1: And there we have it. That was episode SB one thirty.
0: Don't call it that. Yet he's going to send us a cease and desist.
1: Nearly said it again.
0: <laughs> <laughs> All right. You guys got anything else?
1: Nope. Nope. You got to say shut her down, Kenny.
2: Oh, sorry. Shut her down.
1: Thanks for tuning in to the Just Riding Along show.
0: There's some shit coming out of your brake pads.